Hello and welcome to the Holistic Healing Project with me, Dr. Lauren MacDonald. Each week I will be sitting down with a range of experts, thought leaders and other inspiring humans to explore how we can all bring more healing into our lives. I believe we all have the capacity to self-heal, to experience more joy, greater meaning and deeper connection. I really hope these conversations inspire and support you on your own journey back to wholeness. This is the first episode of the Holistic Healing Project and it is an honour to have you here. I am kicking things off with a solo episode and I will be sharing why I felt called to start the Holistic Healing Project, the difference between healing and curing, my story of being diagnosed with cancer at 28, the mind-body connection, my rock-bottom moment, some of my holistic healing tools, the power of surrender, and how love and service are all that matters in the end. I really hope you enjoy the episode and please remember to subscribe to make sure you don't miss the next one. I've wanted to start a podcast for ages, but it's taken me a while to get around to it. And I am currently sat in a tiny Skype booth in a co-working space in Bali because I have just finished running my first yoga retreat here. And I was going to wait till I got back to the UK to find a nice studio and try and get everything set up properly. But I really feel cool to start sharing what I know about healing with you and just having conversations with amazing thought leaders and experts and inspiring people who've been on their own healing journey. So this first episode is going to be a little bit rough and ready. It's also a solo episode, which is potentially a little bit silly kicking things off that way. I don't know. It's either very silly or very brave. Um, I'm obviously completely new to podcasting. So sitting in this tiny little booth with a microphone in front of me and no one else is a little bit surreal and daunting. I want to give you guys a insight really into what's brought me to the world of healing and where I've been for the last decade on my own journey because it's really going to inform the conversations I'm going to be having moving forward. I think I've also got to a point where I'm ready to share. It's been a while, it's been a long time coming. I think it's only with the benefit of some time and space away from your pain and struggle that you can really start sharing from your heart, not from a place of victimhood, but actually a place where I really want to now help, you know, whatever people are going through, whether it's something like myself, you know, cancer or divorce, grief, there's so much pain and suffering in the world. And from where I'm standing, we could all do with some healing. And there's so much out there that we can really draw upon. Quite often when we're in it, we either don't know about it or we shy away and we retreat from the world and we hope that we'll just wake up and it's all been a terrible bad dream. So I really want to help you in terms of giving you some tools and resources to help you on your own healing journey and also share inspiring stories of other people who've healed from things that maybe resonate with you. Maybe you're in a similar boat to them at the moment and it's that hope really, that element of hope that we all need when we're up against it life 
continues to throw me challenges. I'm sure it does you too. It's not always easy and it's only by building up our resilience that we can really continue to find more joy and contentment and fulfillment in our lives rather than letting it pull us under. So before we kick off with kind of my own story and what's brought me to this place, I want to just talk a little bit about the idea of healing itself because the word has various connotations. It can actually be quite a negative word for some people. I know other people find it a bit kind of woo-woo and fluffy. To be honest, I'm pretty sure I used to feel the same. You know, as a Western-trained medical doctor, the only time I'd really come across the term healing was in reference to healing a wound or maybe healing a fracture. And everything else seemed to be focused on curing or getting people better. And it took me going on my own healing journey to really come to understand what the term healing means and also how it can be very different to curing. You can get healing and curing happening alongside each other, but also you can experience healing without being cured. And similarly, you can be cured without being healed. It means that returning to wholeness a sense of peace and calm and joy and love. It's a return to the person you've always been, but for whatever reason, due to societal pressures or pressures you've put on yourself, you've maybe lost yourself and become a bit disconnected. So I'm hoping that I will just share some nuggets that might resonate with you and might be helpful for wherever you are right now. But equally, if it doesn't resonate and, you know, you're not, you're not really sure what I'm talking about. That's also absolutely fine too because it's about tuning into your own intuition and what feels good for you to bring you to that place of wholeness. So I'm going to kick off with this episode. Yeah, it feels... I feel, I feel quite vulnerable. I mean, it doesn't help. I'm in this tiny booth on my own just talking to this microphone. But I haven't really shared the depths of how difficult things have been for the last five years, but also kind of going back further, the last decade, really. So I am now 35 years old. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Dr. Lauren MacDonald. I'm a UK-based doctor I work with in psychiatry. And in February 2014, I was diagnosed with cancer. So I was 28 years old at the time. My life, unfortunately, was a bit of a mess if I'm truly, truly honest with you. From the outside, it probably looked like I was having a great time. I was a newly qualified doctor. I was partying quite hard. I was living in Brighton. I had lots of friends. You know, things things probably looked fine on the outside. But inside, I felt very lost. I was unsure what I was doing. I'd started this job as a doctor, and I wasn't actually sure whether I'd potentially made a huge mistake in terms of my career path. Um, working within the hospital didn't feel aligned. I used to wake up with quite a lot of dread every morning at the thought of going to the hospital. And it was exhausting as well, you know, long shifts, night shifts. Um, on top of that, I my love life was a mess. I had split up with my partner of eight years. I'd had to move out of our home. And I'd actually been sofa surfing for quite a while while I'd been trying to find somewhere to live. I ended up moving into a shared house with some strangers who actually turned out to be really, really amazing friends. And I couldn't have asked to live with a better bunch of girls when the shit hit the fan, basically, which is exactly what happened next. So I was 28 and suddenly I was diagnosed with cancer. It wasn't a huge surprise, if I'm honest, because 
I had been living in a state of chronic fight or flight. So kind of sympathetic drive, you know, cortisol, adrenaline for about two years because I hadn't really spoken to anybody about how difficult I was finding everything. And the, the most kind of distress that I was experiencing was coming from my relationship, really, or, or the relationship that had broken down. I hadn't really grieved for it. I was really struggling, but I didn't speak to anyone. And I tried to get on with life and put on a brave face. But inside, I was really anxious and struggling. And I remember one day being in the shower, crying, having one of those rock bottom moments where I actually just sat down in the kind of bath area of the shower and just cried and cried and thought, if I don't get on top of this stress, I'm going to give myself cancer because I was so aware I'd been living in this state of chronic stress for so long. And that's exactly what happened. Four months later, I was diagnosed with cancer it was a really aggressive form of melanoma. And I knew because of my medical training that, you know, this was not good news at all. I ended up having emergency surgery a few days later. Um, it was the first surgery of many over several years because the cancer progressed from my initial diagnosis of stage two all the way to stage four. And for those of you that don't know, there is no stage five. So I was diagnosed with stage four cancer at the age of... 30. It was actually not long after my 30th birthday, which I'd spent in hospital. I'd had a groin dissection to remove some infected cancerous lymph nodes. I was actually released. I was let, let out for my 30th birthday, the kind of evening, but I was back in much later that evening with a nasty infection. I'd got become really unwell and feverish. So I ended up on IV antibiotics back in the hospital on my 30th. And then it wasn't long before the cancer once again progressed to stage four this time. That's, I guess, where my healing journey really starts. Between stage two and stage four, I had been doing everything that so many patients do when they're diagnosed. I was attempting to control the situation. I was attempting to try and help my body be cured. Um, so I'd gone down the route of nutrition, yoga and meditation juicing and supplements you know all the things that so many people do when when diagnosed and when kind of faced with such a scary diagnosis especially unfortunately in the year or so I've been plant-based and I've been so strict with myself the cancer progressed so by the time I was diagnosed with stage four cancer at 30 years old and I'd been given a prognosis of less than a year at that time because the cancer had spread to my lung my adrenal gland my chest wall Things were not looking good at all because there, there was no chemotherapy or radiotherapy that would potentially work on these tumours because melanoma is a notoriously difficult cancer to treat. So I had a Christmas, it was Christmas 2015, where I knew I had stage 4 cancer tumours but there was no treatment available. And there was about a three-month period where... I truly hit rock bottom. I had to move back to my parents in Devon, having lived in Brighton for nearly 10 years where kind of my community and my friendships were based. Moved across the country six hours to Devon. That was when my healing journey definitely began because I had been living in the survival mode, this fight or flight state. And it wasn't until, you know, there was no answers, there was no treatment at that time that I really had to surrender to everything and it was at that point of surrender that everything became a little bit easier 
I finally was able to relax and release control. I actually started eating meat a little bit again, started eating fish, just released my control and thought I need to enjoy this time. If I've only got, you know, a few months or potentially a few years to live, life is so precious and I, I need to try and just relax and enjoy myself a little bit more. Um, but it was it was a really, really difficult time because when you're faced with your mortality, especially when there's no, no potential treatment options on the horizon, you are just in limbo land. It is uncertainty that we all deal with in our daily lives um, in whatever shape or form it shows up. But uncertainty is one of our biggest challenges. It's that not knowing whether things are going to work out, not knowing whether things are going to get better. And in my case, not knowing whether I was going to survive or not. And during those three months, I had a real shift in how, you know, I think I'd been very much focused on curing myself. Finally, I started without even realizing it, just approaching healing. I did that by looking at my emotions, the relationships in my lives, leaving toxic relationships, toxic friendships, really addressing my spiritual health as well. I hadn't been a particularly spiritual person before my diagnosis and I found myself praying. Uh, you know, I'd go in the, into the garden look up at the stars where for as long as I can remember when loved ones have passed away I assign them stars in the, in the sky the bright stars that you can see at night and really just prayed to these people that I knew were looking down over me and just asked them please if there's any way you can help me out right now I haven't got anything else to give um, please please help me and I also started just looking at the mind-body connection much more it was this mind-body-spirit approach that I now have really come to understand to really explain healing because we cannot heal just the physical body. We cannot heal just the mind. We cannot heal just our spiritual health. It is really a combination of all of these areas and they're all interlinked. So, you know, just because I'm talking about one, it doesn't mean I'm not considering the other. They are very much all interlinked in whatever we're going through. This really was highlighted once again when not long after I actually went into remission, I was incredibly fortunate. Um, I'm forwarding the journey, my journey a little bit here, but I was able to access a groundbreaking new drug in the January, um, so that was 2016. Having been told there was no treatment options and no trials at the time, this was back in the October, and having that really difficult three-month period over Christmas, but in January, by an absolute miracle, um, pembrolizumab, which is an immunotherapy drug, came onto the market. It was approved by the NHS, and I was one of the first patients to be able to access it. And I'd really been focusing a lot on my gut health, not so much focusing on my physical body, but everything else that I knew I needed to address. And I had a 25% chance of responding to treatment and I was incredibly lucky to find myself in that group not long after starting treatment. The cancer did continue to progress for a few months, but by my six-month scan, I was in remission. I was no evidence of disease, which as a patient, especially as a patient with melanoma, you cannot wish for a better outcome. Since then, it ha I've just been continuing on this healing journey, and it's growing and learning more about it all the time it's so fascinating how little I knew about healing even as a doctor even as a qualified doctor I didn't really get it on a 
this kind of psychosocial, spiritual health that's so important to us. I had another education, a further education the following year. And I'm bringing this up because, as I said at the beginning, life continues to throw us challenges. When you think you've got through your biggest challenge, you just don't know what's around the next corner. And I was involved in a really nasty car accident where I broke my leg and I was in hospital for a few weeks. The surgeon said I was in the lucky 1% who don't lose a limb after such a nasty crush injury. It was a lesson. It took me deeper in my healing, very much across the mind-body-spirit kind of spectrum. For the first time, I had to really slow down. I wasn't able to practice yoga, which had been a huge crutch for me during my cancer journey. You know, I'd gone off and trained as a yoga teacher during that time, and yoga really helped me feel safe in my body while I was ill. But I was stuck on the sofa, unable to practice yoga, so, you know, I had to find other ways to shift myself back out of survival mode and help my body self-heal. And I did that through meditation and breath work and affirmations and visualization. You know, I was really impressed that the surgeon actually suggested I visualize my muscle being used while I couldn't use it because there was evidence that this actually helps reduce wasting And it just made me realise there is definitely a shift going on in the medical community. I had been coming at it from this idea of holistic healing and it was amazing to hear an orthopaedic surgeon saying that to me. So I just started all these new practices and although I was once again isolated on the sofa up against a huge life challenge, I was aware at how resilient I had become over the years And I was able to draw upon all of the tools and practices and just really dig deep and get through the six months that I spent in a wheelchair and on crutches and basically learning to walk again. What I want for this podcast also moving forward is to help you increase your resilience because these challenges keep coming up for us. It helps us bounce back quicker when we have got the tools and resources to get through these difficult times. You know, at the very beginning of my journey, so if I'm rewinding back 10 years when I was going through such heartbreak, I didn't have any of these tools at the time. And to to this day, I still feel that the distress and pain and suffering and anxiety that I experienced following, you know, a relationship breakdown and, and real heartache, that caused me more pain and suffering than my stage four cancer diagnosis or the car accident. We focus so much in the Western world on physical illnesses and physical accidents, very much focus on the body, but we do not focus enough on the mind and the emotions and how our emotions can affect our physical body in turn. You know, I really believe that I was diagnosed with cancer at such a young age because I had been in this chronic stress situation with limited coping strategies, no tools, not talking to anyone, and my immune system was suppressed and unable to fight cancer cells. You know, we're all producing cancer cells every day, but our bodies are equipped. Our immune systems are so incredible that they are able to fight these cancer cells. In my case, I cannot prove it, but I am convinced that that lack of 
tools and resources led to me becoming ill. I really want to make sure that nobody else becomes ill or gets cancer because they have not been able to regulate their emotions, they have not been able to process their grief, they have not been able to deal with their distress, you know, whether it's through a divorce or through someone else's illness or through money challenges, whatever it may be that is causing you to suffer. The problem is, is that this has a knock-on effect on our physical body as well. The mind and the body are so interlinked. Beyond that, I also just want to help you enjoy life because this is it. That was one of the biggest things that came through for me after my diagnosis. I lay awake in bed that night just having this huge awakening that this is it. This has been it. If I die next week or I die next month, this has been it. And I felt like I'd almost been waiting to start living, waiting for my relationship to be sorted, my, you know, to have a house, to have a job, a career, a family, all these things that society tells us we need, these tick boxes. And actually, I had been living all along. And the other two things that came through that night were, I really questioned and asked myself, have I loved enough? And have I been loved? Have I let myself be loved? And the other one was, has the world been better place simply by me having lived and I really sat with those questions all night long I didn't sleep a wink the night after my diagnosis those two questions have really been informing how I live my life to the, up to this point because that's what we're here to do we are here to serve other people we are here to support other people and we are here to make sure the world has been a better place purely by us being alive and we're also here to love and let ourselves be loved and I really feel that if we all just allowed those questions to come into our minds on a daily basis, that the world would be a much better place and we would all experience more healing. And that's what this is all about for me. So, yeah, there is so much I could say on this. Um, but I just wanted to start really by explaining to those of you who don't know me, my journey and where I've come from and why I'm so passionate about healing and supporting you in your own healing journeys. So moving forward, we are going to have some amazing guests. I've been busy interviewing doctors, scientists, other people who've been on their own healing journeys. And I'm really excited to bring these interviews to you. They have been a joy to record. They're what I wish I had access to when I felt really alone and lost on my own healing journey. This is very much a lifelong journey I'm on and I'm sure it's one that you're on too because we all need to be healed no matter what we're going through. We can all do with some healing and some love and some support from one another. So I'm really excited to share the following conversations with you. Thank you so much for being here. I know we are all incredibly busy so I'm very grateful for your time and yeah, welcome to the Holistic Healing Project. just want to take a moment to invite you to join the Holistic Healing Inner Circle, an online group membership for self-healing, community and transformation. Doors open on the 15th of January and will be starting on the 29th of January. The Holistic Healing Inner Circle is a monthly membership that will provide you with the tools, knowledge, support and community to keep you moving forward, body, mind, heart and soul. 
Each month we have monthly masterclasses, group calls, meditations, journaling prompts and a book club. There's also access to a private online community where you will be witnessed on your healing journey. If you're interested in joining us, please head on over to my website, drlaurenmcdonald.com and check it out. I really look forward to supporting your healing and transformation. Please remember that whilst I am a qualified medical doctor, I am not your medical doctor. So whilst we often talk about health and well-being and we give out tools and tips and sometimes discuss topics that are a little bit fringe or alternative, this is very much for information only. It is not individual medical advice. So please, if you have any health concerns, make sure you go and see your own practitioner.